My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us today. Uh, we're in Colossians chapter 1, and uh, if you got your... Oh, I almost said it. If you got your teal books, uh, we're on page 42. Uh, it is, we'll see how many of you get this joke. You've got to probably watch me to get it. You ready? It's the best number. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Excellent. Good. Uh, if you didn't get it, uh, your movie-watching uh, pantheon is too small. So we'll just start with that. All right, so uh, page 42 is our uh, new pericope. Pericope is a fancy word for a new thought or paragraph about uh, the Bible. Uh, the CSB translates this, the uh, prayer for spiritual growth, which is, it's, it's fine, you know. There's, there's lots of ways that you could put a wrapper around this. But uh, I'll read through Colossians chapter 1, and then we'll come back and we'll pick up on page 43 uh, this morning with our study today. So, Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and in spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once, once, you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and, not, and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. 
This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I have become its servant, according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. For I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea and for all those who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What a great way to start a letter, right? Just come out of the gate hot with, I love you guys, I'm thankful for you guys, and let's get to Jesus. Uh, and this is a beautiful text. So today, uh, Lord willing, we're going to look at verses 9 through maybe all of 12, we'll see. Uh, but if you're looking at page 43 in your uh, Teal book, um, what we're looking at here are uh, four different verses. But I, w- I want you to notice, if you would, we're just going to look at the, the periods for just a second, which is kind of a, a weird thing grammatically to look at. So for this reason also, since today we heard of this, we haven't stopped praying for you. So we've got a period. So this is Paul's next sentence. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. And now he passes out, (laughs) right? Um, All right. So when you go to school and learn how to write, they don't teach that, right? What would any grammar teacher in the world call that? That's a run-on sentence. And it's it's just really complicated, right? Um, And if you think it's complicated in English, boy, oh boy, is it even more complicated in the Greek. Uh, it It is a very, very long sentence. But I want to go back and I want to make sure we see what he's actually talking about. So he's connecting to the prior section for this reason also. Since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. So verse 9 is this introduction to his prayer. Like, I'm about to tell you what I'm praying for you about. And then he starts with, we're asking that you may be filled. And what I'm going to lean into today is that everything hangs on the filled. Because this is the thing that he is specifically praying for, and everything else is an outcome. Filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that, and here's what you get when, you put the, when the filling happens, here's what all the results are. So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, be fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father. And then, when we get to Father, he's not done with his sentence, but he shifts the topic. 
he's no longer talking about the what happens as a result of the filling. He now begins to talk about the Father, who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance and the light. And then if you keep going, uh, 13, he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Now we've got another major transition. Now he's going to switch over to Jesus, and that gear sticks. Like he just, we're, you know, Brian talks about this, and he says uh, Paul loses his mind, which I think is a beautiful way to say the Spirit has decided to glorify the Son for an extended period of time very directly through Paul. Uh, so, so I want you to make sure that we see the 9 is the introduction to the prayer, 10, 11, and 12 are the prayer, uh, the beginning part of the 12 is the prayer, and then he shifts to the Father, and then he shifts to the Son. So I'm going to make, make sure we see the big structure first. So, All right, so let's look at page uh, 44 in your teal books. Uh, so for this reason also, so what's the reason? What's the reason? It's for this reason. So if it's for this reason. It's the thing he just talked about in verse 8. So what did he just talk about in verse 8? You're like, Jim, that's not on the page. I know. They're what? Your love. Your love, just your general love, because all love is good, right? Your love where? Their love where? In the Spirit. That's right. So our love is rooted in God himself. And love that is not rooted in God cannot result in exaltation in Christ. Like we, we get... We get way sideways when, like, any kind of love will do. It's like, I, I, I cannot sign up for that. The scripture is restrictive about the source that generates a praise and a right response to this truth. So let's not stay, uh, let's not get untethered from the source of this. So, uh, all right, so for this reason also, since the day... We heard this. So has he already described the day we heard this? K kinda, right? Who, who'd he hear it from? Anybody remember? That E guy? Yeah, Epaphras. Epaphras. Can we practice his name again? Epaphras. Epaphras. All right, I'm going to say it, then you say it. Let's practice this way. Epaphras. There you go. Good. All right, we got it. <laughs> All right, since the day we heard this, since Epaphras told us about your love in the Spirit, then there's this beautiful little phrasing in Greek in, on page 45. We haven't, and the, the Greek word is just no. It, it's, it's no stopping praying. It's kind of the, the wooden, stiff translation here. No stopping praying, no stopping praying, no stopping praying. Like we're, we're praying and praying and praying and praying because this beautiful, this beautiful, this beautiful love in the Spirit results in this repeated prayer. And it is just a, a really beautiful thing. So this is a, uh, we haven't stopped. This is a plural stopped. And it's an indicative. He's a statement of fact. So he's, he's from his perspective, he is telling the truth. So we haven't stopped. We haven't quit praying for you. Now, what was going badly in the Colossian church? Like, now I've asked a very specific question, so I'm looking for a very specific answer. What was going badly within, inside the Colossian church? What was going badly? Not really much. What was going badly 
outside the Colossians, like the, the, this crushing, bad uh, philosophy of mixing up all sorts of crazy stuff and coming at them and coming at them and coming at them. But there, there wasn't really a... Like, they weren't in trouble. They weren't being severely reprimanded for anything. This is not Corinth, right? We're not talking about crazy wickedness that's horrible and even the pagans would say this was bad. So why does Paul need to pray for him? Stuff's going fine. Why would we pray for anybody if stuff's going fine? Don't we only pray when there's something bad going on? No, we don't. And Ms. Sandra sent me a beautiful quote from uh, Drs. Pace and Aiken. We are all in constant need of intercessory prayer. Intercessory just means praying for somebody else, fancy word, that is not occasional or based on impending circumstances. If I'm having a great day, you know what I need you to do? I need you to pray for me. If I'm having a terrible day, you know what I need you to do? I need you to pray for me. If you're having a great day or a terrible day or a meh day, or and I'm not really sure, I don't even have a bucket to put it in. Cool, we do prayer. This is what we get to do. This is how we love on each other. And Paul gives us a great example of don't stop believing. I mean, don't stop praying. You were thinking it too. You were thinking it too. It's all right. So we haven't stopped praying for you. It's beautiful. Both of those verbs are present tense. So this is continuous, ongoing stuff. So praying for, or even more literally, could be over you. And this is the plural you. This is the group you. This is the whole church at Colossae. And, top of page 46, we are asking. Now here's another one of these really wonky, beautiful verbs that is a present middle participle. You're like, what in the world is a present? I know what a present active participle, right? We've talked about habits, things that we actively, ongoingly do. But a present middle participle, a middle is where the subject performs the action in a way that affects the subject. So who's doing the asking here? Yes, that's right. Paul, she answered a question out loud. I need a microphone to drop because I'm done. Like, my job here is finished. We can lock it up. Jesus is Lord. Let's go to the house and take a nap. This is great. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm so excited right now. I just don't know what to do. This is great. Uh, this is where my ADHD gets me in trouble, so... Paul, Paul, answer, thank you, thank you, thank you. you are, this is my sister loving me right here, this is great. Uh, so Paul is asking, Paul is doing the asking, but this is a middle verb, which means, which means Paul is performing the action in a way that affects Paul. So why would Paul's prayer for the Colossians affect Paul? like kids or grandkids, spiritually speaking, right? But what else? How does Paul describe hearing about what's going on in Colossae and that the gospel is true and being proclaimed there? Is that it? He's encouraged, right? Like when we pray for other believers, we are participating in our own encouragement. What an amazing, like, how do you design a system like that? Like, that is a, just from a purely system design perspective, that is a beautifully designed system. I love that. So just, it's this gorgeous stuff. So present middle participle, 
So we are asking that, and I'm going to lean heavy into this word that, and I mentioned this just a minute ago, uh, because this is the word hina. This is the in order that. Like there's an there's a intended purpose or result that comes from this statement. This is not, we are asking because we, this is what we do when we are here. It's like, no, no, no. We have an objective that we are trying to accomplish for this purpose. So uh, when you got up this morning, there were a series of actions that you took before you came into this room. Some of them, it, at least for some of us, I'm, I'm looking over here at my brother with no hair on the top of his head, looked in a mirror and made sure that like, this was going the right direction, mo mostly. right? Like there was, a, there was a purpose to the activity. It wasn't just, well, I wake up and I comb my hair for no reason. What's, yeah, it's like there's, a, there's a reason we do these things. There's a reason Paul is asking this. So, that you may be filled. There's his reason. That you may be filled. That you, plural, that you group, may be filled. Now, this is not an indicative. This is not a statement of fact. This is not that you will be filled, that you may be filled. This is a possibility in the Christian life that we can be filled, which is great. But please, oh please, oh please understand, this is a passive verb. This means something is done to the subject, not by the subject. Like, if I want to drink, if I drink all of the water in this water bottle, I don't need to do that right now, do I? If I were to drink all the water in this water bottle and then said, fill this up, can the bottle fill itself? No, the bottle has to be filled by somebody else intentionally, purposefully filling in a way that is consistent with the shape of the bottle and the object that is being filled into the bottle. In case you're wondering, we're the bottle in the analogy. We don't fill ourselves. We need someone else. Hmm, who would be a good person to fill us? Maybe the person who designed the bottle. Like, this is not overly complicated, guys. But please understand, we don't fill ourselves. It's done to, the, to us. So application here at the bottom of page 46. I've skipped over a bunch of them, but if you want them, that's great. You can come get them. Uh, application for me here is that prayer has a purpose. Prayer has a purpose. We don't just pray to, oh gosh, I'm going to say it, aren't I? To make it through the day. <clears throat> Somebody got that. There you go. There you go. Uh, it has a purpose. So purposefully pray. Purposefully pray. Miss Grace, I'm making reference to really old songs. So I love that you didn't get it because they're really quite terrible. So there's a reason they're not still played a lot right now. So there you go. Uh, so we're asking that you may be filled with the spirit, with the knowledge. So prayer has a purpose. Uh, filled with the knowledge of His will. Now this is a beautiful word. This word knowledge is specifically in Colossians, because in Colossians, in Colossians one nine, one ten, two two, three ten, it is always this. Um, I'm trying to think about a wrapper to put around the way Paul uses it. It's always this God-oriented knowledge. It is not a, ooh, the word uh, middle means the subject performs the action in a way that affects the subject. I am special and I'm educated. Yay, look at me. Woohoo! Captain Pharisee, here we go, right? I mean, no, this is not what this is about. This is about knowledge of his will. 
knowledge of God himself, knowledge of his son. Our, our knowledge has a connected component to our creator. And where it doesn't, it is going to be very difficult for us to live out the reality of the truth of our God if our knowledge is not connected to our creator. So that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. This is another way you could translate this word is his desire, his choice, um, what God wants in all wisdom. In, in how much wisdom? All wisdom. You ever been around wise people? People are like, like you, like you know something about life and the way it works, and that is really helpful to people that are around you. And this is the how do we have a wisdom-drenched knowledge about our God in a way that is not just I know facts about our God, but I know our God in a way that changes the way that we live every single day. Because God has a will, and God's will can be known. And when was the last time we prayed for somebody to know God's will? When was the last time that we prayed for somebody to be filled with the knowledge of his will? In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Like that's a, is that on my daily checklist? <laughs> if it's not, this is a beautiful prayer to pray. So in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, top of page 48, this, this, uh, this phrase in Greek can go a couple of different ways and all of them basically land on the idea that this wisdom and understanding, it, the source is not in us. It comes from outside of us. Um, I mean, as soon as I begin to believe that I'm the center of the universe, like, everything else is misoriented and it cannot, in fact, work as it's designed. Um, so that you may be filled in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that, again, th those words technically aren't in the original language, but they're, they're a nice addition because this particular... Um, uh, the, the, the result of this previous clause is the verse 10. So, th so there's an implication here, right? So that you may walk worthy, or which kind of sounds just... I've never been a huge fan of the word worthy. It just seems too religious. I don't know. Can I, can I just be honest for a second? Um, appropriate is a nice translation for this. Uh, adequate, um, that you might walk uh, rightly or in a way that's consistent with the environment. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up for just a second so you can kind of see. I think you can see from over here. Oh, we may have locked up online. Well, not a lot I can do about that. Uh, but I have on a sweater and a pair of jeans and tennis shoes. And this is close-ish to what I wear each week to teach in because it's comfortable and nobody cares. So there you go. That's usually what dictates what I wear on any given day. Um, if I were going to meet uh, the President of the United States at a formal state dinner, would I wear this? You're like, I shouldn't, <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I shouldn't. <laughs> Would I be tempted to? Yeah, because I like it and I'm comfortable. But like, this is not worthy of the environment 
or the audience that I would be engaging with. So filled with all knowledge and spiritual understanding so that you may walk, so that you may live appropriately of the Lord. So that when somebody looks at our lives, it's not a, it doesn't fit. Like that, that's not, like pagans actually have a pretty good idea of what Christians are supposed to do. And they have even a better idea of what Christians are not supposed to do. And you, you get this kind of a, I, I don't think that's consistent with what you're talking about and confessing here. So that we would walk in a way that is worthy of the Lord, appropriate of our relationship with the Lord, recognizing who we are and who he is in a way that is consistent. So uh, this would be, in my mind, the first uh, purpose of filling. And if you want to jot these down at the bottom, uh, I think I've got seven of them. So you may just want to number them one through seven as we go through. There's a bunch. And there may be more. This is just all that I saw. So the first purpose here is walking worthy. Walking worthy. So what do we... This is a trick question. So think deeply before you want to answer. It's a trick question. So how do we walk worthy? Remember, the walk worthy is the outcome. What was the input? Being filled, that's right. The personalization here is be filled. It is not walk worthy. You see, we, we, get, we get wrapped up in a, a really bad theology sometimes where we think that good behavior... <laughs> to get myself in trouble, Dave. Here we go. We think that uh, good behavior is the goal. The behavior is the outcome of the relationship. And when I have my Pharisee checklist and I go, with, I check, 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 check. I got all my points today. Woo! I'm a good Christian. Like, n- n- no, you're a good scorekeeper. I say you're, I'm a good scorekeeper. My role is to abide in Christ and be filled with the Spirit. All of the other stuff that happens as a result is God's work working out all of this abiding relationship that's beautiful and glorious and wonderful over here. So please don't hear me say, go walk worthy. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's prayer is for them to be filled because the filling will have an outcome of a rightly walked life. And this is a radically different view of Christianity. So, one is walking worthy. Uh, Fully pleasing. This is a really cool word. Uh, And this is an example about a third of the way down page 49. The definition of this word from the Strong's Concordance is one of the reasons I am so thankful that God has given us a variety of tools because I'm guessing you haven't used the word complacence with an S uh, ever in your life. Uh, but it basically, I had to look this one up in the BDAG. Uh, it basically means desire to please. So it's not just like, like I made somebody happy that I have a desire to please as well. Because we've all had a moment in our lives where we accidentally made somebody happy. Like you, you stumbled into success and you're like, oh, that was good. I should remember this for the future because that worked really, really well. Th- that is not what this is. This is I desire to please, which like, that's, a, 
that's a beautiful result of filling. So uh, application in the bottom of page 49, number two, is desiring to please. So number one on page 48 was walking worthy. The next is desiring to please. So what do we do with that? Like, what are we supposed to do if we, wanna, if we want to desire to please God? What do we, what, what's up to us to do? Be filled. That's right. Nothing. <laughs> Remember, filling is passive. <laughs> we, it is, isn't it? It is. I so want it to be about me and my actions. And it is not. It is about our glorious God and his actions. So fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit. You're like, bearing fruit? Okay, Jim, I got you here. This is a present active participle. This means something that the subject is doing. This is work for us to do. Yes, that's exactly right. Because when we are filled, we now have work to go and do. But we don't focus on the work to go and do. Our job is to focus on being filled. The work that we go and do is an outcome of the being filled. So brothers and sisters, let us be filled. It, it, is, this, is this rubbing anybody right now? Just like, ah, that's just, like, I, I want a list, man, I want a list. I love it, yeah. Filling has a purpose. Purpose number three, bearing fruit bearing fruit. Uh, N.T. Wright, who has more one-liners in his uh, commentary than any other, I think. Uh, God is at work, therefore his people are at work. Like this is, ooh, like God is at work doing the filling and this has ramifications for what we are going to do and how we engage and how we work in the world. And I, I think it's beautiful here, bearing fruit in every good work. This good work is not limited to stuff we do on Sundays. It is not limited to things that we do explicitly for a religious-oriented purpose. This good work describes all of the work of our lives. And I will make a, a strong argument from here, this text, and from others that, that our work has value because of God and not because of us. Like when we are rooted in him, rooted in Christ, abiding in Christ, being filled with the Spirit, the outcome of that is good work. Whether it's filling out a spreadsheet or helping someone move in a better way or serving the little ones and helping them see that Jesus is unbelievable or fixing that computer or taking care of those bees, or doing somebody's tax, <laughs> or doing somebody's taxes. Like, that is good work. And it can be, it is redeemable work because of our God. Oh, this is good stuff, guys. All right, so number three, bearing fruit. So what's the, what's the personalization? Be filled. You guys have figured out the pattern here, haven't you? All right, cool. Page 50. And growing in the knowledge of God. Now, this growing, this one's going to hurt your head. How do, you, how do you gain knowledge? You study, right? You study and you go learn something and it's some active thing, right? Not this knowledge. This knowledge is passive. <laughs> the verbs here have just messed with my head for a couple of weeks now. And I am so glad to get this out. This has been percolating for way too long. So this growing in the knowledge, 
This is done to us by God, not by us. This is crazy stuff. We get to know and understand God because of what he allows us to know and understand. That's beautiful. And the implication there is so much love from God that he would allow his creation to know and understand him in any way, shape, or form. Like, this is great news. So, uh, Filling's purpose number four, growing in knowledge. Growing in knowledge. So what's the personalization? Be filled. That's right, be filled. Not growing in knowledge, it's be filled. So growing in the knowledge of God. This is not general knowledge. This is not going to Wikipedia and being an expert on something. This is knowledge of God. And then verse 11, being strengthened. Another present passive participle. This is uh, how to frustrate Pharisee week (laughs) in in our Sunday school today. Being strengthened. This is work done to us, not by us. So filling's purpose, number five, being strengthened. Being strengthened. So what do we do with that? Be filled. There you go. We're going to be filled. So be strengthened with all power. And this is the dunamis. This is the... This, this uh, miraculous power, this forceful power, according to his singular, glorious, singular, might, singular. There's no part of our might that is glorious. This is one of the things I love about our God. Paul, Paul just kind of, before he loses his mind about the Son, he loses his mind about the Father, and it is a beautiful thing. So according to his glorious might, so that another, another purpose phrase here, that you may have great endurance. That you may have great endurance and patience. You're like, does, does anybody read this with a sense of, you, you feel like my mental picture is a treadmill? Anybody's mental picture, a tre- like endurance and patience. Like we can do it. We just have to work really hard and we just have to focus on the right thing and we like we can do it right we can absolutely do it uh not exactly the right mental picture i'm going to skip the second nt right quote and we're sorry he's just like he's kind of weave around it's okay let's go to dr davenant's quote uh this is the oldest guy that we're going to quote today uh and this made my head hurt for about four days In a battle of anything versus patience, patience will win. And if you look at this quote and you're like, I don't get it, take a picture of it and go think about it for a couple of weeks. And then look back at your life and go, when I was impatient, what won? Patience. But this word endurance is not a, I guess I'll do it again today. What's the definition of the word? Cheerful endurance. We get to do it again. 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 I'm going to be out of breath in a second. We get to do it again. 
That's what endurance is. Because when we are being filled, service for our Lord Jesus Christ is not drudgery. It is joy. It is happiness. It is like we get to do this because of how amazing our God is. We get to engage and participate in life. Well, we're not going to finish to verse 12 today, are we? Dadgummit. I just now looked at the clock. <laughs> Some of you are like, I can tell you just now looked at the clock. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, can we finish? Can we finish this? Let's finish this page. All right, so you may have great endurance and patience. That you may have great endurance and patience. The patience is the... Um, the the endurance is the, the cheerfulness side of patience. The patience is we will stick this out and forbear and uh, go with all these things. But I don't want to miss the bottom of page 52. The, most of the English translations skip and don't translate the, the word meta, uh, the Greek word meta, which means amid, because it's in the middle of, and the top of page 53, that was fun, the top of page 53 uh, joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Let's get to that part and then we'll stop. So joyfully giving thanks to the Father. And I love this emotional language with the word endurance and the word joyfully because our work and our response to the being filled work of the Spirit has both an emotional and an action result it is not limited to just what we do but also to how we do it does that make sense because how we do things matters right because like if i leave my dirty clothes on the floor of the bathroom and then i remember <laughs> I'm getting a couple stink eyes right now, Jules, just FYI. Do I do this often? I, no, okay, all right, great. See, I don't do it a lot. It's okay. Stop shaming me. Um, and if I remember, and I'm like, ah, oh, I got to go do this. Oh. Pick them up and walk the three feet over to the laundry basket. That is magical as far as I know. Like you put things in there, and then magically the next day things show up back in your, I mean, it's just, it's magic. I don't know how this works, but it's brilliant. This is joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Joyfully giving thanks to the Father. So this is our seventh application. I think I may have skipped the sixth one. Did I skip the sixth one at the bottom of page 52? Yes, having endurance and patience. That's exactly right. Well, you saw the pattern that we were going through. So having endurance and patience, and then bottom of page 53, fillings purpose number seven, joyfully giving thanks. Joyfully giving thanks. Joyfully, this is a present active participle, Jim. Don't I get to do it? Yes, but only as a result of the filling of the Spirit. So be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Oh, be filled. The Spirit is so wonderful. Ah, so wonderful. All right, let's stop there. We'll pick up next week, Lord willing, with the Father. Uh, and then we'll go from there. So, yeah. Uh, so you should have a weekly update on your table. Uh, so if you've got one of those, grab one. 
Uh, share any prayer requests that you have after you have finished praying as a table. You are free to go and to worship this triune God who is all in on his glory and filling us so that we might reflect his glory in ways that are consistent with his nature. So thanks for coming today, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.